what is going on in our nation. The good news is that Jesus is coming to sort all this out. A couple of years ago, um, God nudged me to inquire of him regarding the spiritual fabric of Manchester that had been woven over two millennia here. And I brushed it off. And then in February this year, um, at uh, it was a gathering for uh, a day of prayer for the nation. Uh, God gave me a clear word to go and do what he first asked. So reluctantly, if I'm honest, at the beginning of lockdown, I produced about eight videos looking at uh, the Industrial Revolution uh, that was birthed here in Manchester, the barbaric slums that came about off the back of it, how Engels and Marx witnessed the poverty, and they began to write the Communist Manifesto in central Manchester, um, the Balfour Declaration, which was conceived in Manchester, the woke culture, uh, among other things. And now I'm beginning to see why God led me down that path. I ummed and ahed about doing uh, a video or, or, or a podcast because it's not a Bible study, but I just want to look at the state of the health of the nation because that's important. Uh, I see so much confusion, worry, misinformation, suffering, fear. Uh, so I think it helps to address the situation that we're facing as a nation. Um, we can't bury our heads in the sands. And as with a series on Manchester, processing the current circumstance should inform our prayer as well as help make decisions in line with uh, the character of Christ. So let's go back to February and I'll tell you a funny story. At least I can laugh now about it. But when the first cases began to arrive in the UK, we visited family friends and my friend's wife uh, is from China. Uh, <laughs> you can see where this is going. And uh, when we got home, my wife said to me, you know she's just got back from China. And I was like, sorry, what? <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. She's like, she's from Wuhan. <laughs> and, and at the time, at the time, it wasn't, it wasn't that, you know, it wasn't, um, Wuhan wasn't that famous. It was only starting to feed through the, the news. So we were like, you know, so where, where, where did that outbreak occur again? So we're Googling it and we're like, oh my goodness. And then all these videos of people falling down dead in the street were going viral. So we were genuinely very, very worried and primarily for the health of our, of our kids. Uh, but anyway, everyone is, is fine. Um, now we know it doesn't really affect kids, very unlikely to affect our age group. Um, but fear, fear is a powerful thing. Fear can make you lose sleep. It can cause health problems. It can strain relationships. It can make you do and say things that perhaps you wouldn't in rational light. So let's fast forward into lockdown. The world marveled from lockdown as, as the daily death counts rose. You know, we clapped on our, on our doorsteps for NHS workers and I believed lockdown was the right thing. I had no reason to believe the government advisors are, are lying, right? If someone tells me 500 people a day are dying of COVID, well, that sounds a lot to me. I'm not familiar with death counts and the way diseases spread. And then uh, the riots, uh, the protests ensued. Um, but it became clear that some politicians and police were supporting some protests, such as taking the knee, um, even, even when they're advocating about defunding the police, which is bizarre. Um, but then they have a very strong stance against others, such as protesting against 
uh, the measures put in place. Uh, in fact, it looks like they're about to bring in laws to ban all protests. Um, so anyway, after, after the peak in spring, everyone was unlocked and then life began to look like a quieter version of normal. Uh, but after the peak, when deaths had flatlined, they introduced masks, right? And this was the first trigger in my mind that said, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. You know? And then more lockdowns were threatened. And then they brought in these tiered systems of lockdown. It just didn't make any sense. You don't have to be a scientist to see that deaths have remained low. They will bombard us with positive tests. But if you can understand that five is above three and that one is below eight, if you can count, you can see that the information put out was misleading. And it appeared to me from, from the time after the peak that the government was causing unnecessary fear. And I just couldn't figure out why. Now, the more I looked into it as, as a layman, the more it became obvious that this wasn't about the science. Many world-class scientists think the government's decisions are, are frankly mad. The Great Barrington Declaration, tens of thousands of world-class scientists and medics, and you've got professors at Oxford that said they've been intimidated and harassed because they question the need for lockdowns. Doctors and nurses have been sacked for not holding the narrative. It seems that only a kind of minority, the same minority that works for the government, support these extreme measures. I mean, even, I think it was last week, I looked at the current, uh, current death rate. And uh, so just to give you an idea, in 2018, 539,000 people died, right? Half a million, 539,000. In, in 2019, 527,000 died. So this is England and Wales, by the way, just England and Wales. 2020, right, so far, as of about, I think it was about last week or the week before, 484,000 currently has died. Overall, this is all-cause deaths. So, <laughs> we're pretty we're pretty much on for a normal year in terms of death count. So where is the pandemic? And then look at another country. Take America for example. They throw around you know two hundred and twenty thousand COVID deaths or whatever it is, and that sounds like an incredible figure. But uh, when you put it in perspective with how many people die every year, actually two point eight million people die every year, and currently about two point three million people have died in America. So they're they're on course for a normal year. Again, where is the pandemic? And I suspect that would be the case when you do that across all countries. Perhaps uh, countries like Italy, where they um, have a lot more elderly, you might see slightly uh, higher death toll. But where is the pandemic? The death count, the, the all-cause death count, tells the fairest story. And we met someone whose family member died in a car crash, and they put it down as covid one father said his son died of heart disease and they put it down as COVID. And these aren't one-offs. You know, they're doing this across the board to blow up the figures. Dr. Dr. Mike Yeadon, who has a degree in biochemistry and toxicology and a research-based PhD in respiratory pharmacology, he spent over 30 years in new medicines and research in some of the world's largest pharmaceutical companies, leaving Pfizer in 2011 as vice president and chief scientist for allergy and respiratory. And he's also founded his own biotech company, which was sold to the world's biggest drug company, drug company in 2017. This is what he says, right? So he knows what he's doing. 
He says everything since June is medical fraud at huge scale. False positives are the tool. He's not saying they disagree over the science. He is saying this is medical fraud. Now, if that is the case, then there is worldwide deception taking place. Worldwide deception. And then when you look at the landscape, strange things are occurring. The army are knocking on doors to test people. How frightening must that be for an elderly person living on their own? How likely are they to say, no, actually, I don't want to test? In Australia, they introduced a policy of no jab, no pay in, I think it was 2015, I believe. And they're looking at coercing people into taking the new vaccine by removing pay, travel, all kinds of restrictions. Ireland has introduced uh, the Health Passport app, um, whereby you will not be allowed to do anything without a green pass on your app. Now, uh, that means they could imprison you in your home at one click of a button. You wouldn't be able to enjoy leisure facilities, uh, receive education, travel anywhere. Hey, even buy or sell anything, ring a bell. Now, at this point, I'm just like, this isn't about a virus. It's about control. And I can't believe I am saying that. But that's, that's the case. Now, people will say, but no one would agree to a health passport app. But imagine, imagine a business on its knees because of lockdown. Right? And they come to them and say, hey, it's too dangerous to open up again unless your staff take the vaccine, get the health app, and ensure all customers have the app too. What do you think they're going to say? Right? They might not even agree with it. They might not want to, but they, they have to provide for their families. Right? The, the advertisement video for the, for the Island Health Passport is it's done in such a clever way to make it appear that it's for everyone's benefit, for a kinder, safer environment for all. You know, we buy the propaganda. And I think many churches that are flowing with today's culture will buy it too and will implement it when the time comes. Those holding to his word will be seen as a threat to the woke culture. We're already seeing a divide of those who attack others for not wearing a mask. You know, fear divides. Joel Richardson pointed out that imagine if digital health passports are introduced globally. Many, particularly in the US, will, will not accept the vaccine or the app. So what do you think would happen to the tourist industry in Israel? Right? You can see how things could play out, how God is setting the stage for his return. Many scientists and scientific groups that have organized to counter the government's stance are, are getting banned from publishing videos on Facebook and YouTube. Dr. Yeadon has had some of his interviews removed by Facebook. Right? If the science stacked up, why are they banning scientists from speaking? You know, we've seen the madness in Wales, hardly any deaths at all. And they're putting up borders. They're banning non-essential items from, from, from shops. You know, who decides what is essential? Apparently, kids' clothes aren't essential. Women's sanitary products, not essential. This isn't about a virus. Armed police has turned up to churches and gyms. There's sniffer dogs to detect COVID in a crowd. Massive fines. A student in Manchester was fined 6,600 because she went for a meal. You know, students are, are being fined 10,000 for having a party. If we were to tell people this a few years ago, they would call you a conspiracy theorist. They said 500,000 people would die 
in the UK at first. Only, only 45,000 have. And these are the blown up figures. Uh, and, and the flu deaths have, have just dramatically decreased. Surprise, surprise. You know, I've never seen such disinformation put out by government and media. Now, before I come on to what I think the real agenda is, we may say, well, what's that got to do with us Christians? Right? We, we just pray, don't we? And, you know, we're made of flesh and spirit. And we are to contend in, in both in accordance with God's attributes. Now, Paul tells us we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the, the cosmic powers of the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. That's the dynamic that Christians should be aware of. We shouldn't be naive in thinking that authorities have our best interests at heart all the time. Right? There is a demonic aspect to all this, and that's where intercessory prayer is required. And at the same time, if someone breaks into your house, Right? You don't sit in meditation. Right, You get up and you protect your wife and kids. God doesn't reward passivity. God is going to work his purposes through all of this. This is, I believe, part of the judgment on our nation that I spoke about in my video, Weep With Me. I briefly touched on the sovereignty of God. Man will commit evil acts, Satan is working through it, but ultimately God is orchestrating his purposes through all. Uh, then uh, I saw the judgment from, uh, from God mainly through the disease, and now I think it's mainly through heavy-handed government. But look, even if God has decreed that the Titanic is going down, I'm still going to raise the alarm, physically help as many people as possible, tell everyone the gospel and pray like mad. We know there is no authority except from God and those that exist have been instituted by God. But that does not mean that we don't vote. We don't say, well, God's going to decide anyway. No, we each do our bit. We have to be grounded in reality, not what the media tell us, not what the governments are telling us. If the public is being lied to, it's our responsibility to use our God-given bodies, our fingers, our minds, our mouths to investigate and disclose. We are to shine the light of truth on matters. Now, I'd rather do an expository teaching rather than this, you know, and put out snippets from the Bible on Twitter. But I've been putting out scientific graphs and retweeting people and warning people. And some will see that as pessimistic and cynical, but we have a responsibility to reveal the trajectory of where this is heading and raise the alarm. We contend for our families, our neighborhoods, our cities, our nations. And at the same time, we rejoice when we partake in the sufferings of Christ. These two are not opposed. Now, what is at stake here? Are we being persecuted, oppressed? Who does it apply to? Now, firstly, we have to be careful not to idolise the persecuted church and almost belittle any kind of suffering in the West, which I've seen a little bit of recently. People still have struggles, real issues, diseases. People die. Yes, life is generally comfortable for, for many in terms of material things and church have, have had freedoms afforded to them. And yes, we are asleep, in part lukewarm, but struggles exist. Ask any pastor who, who's drained from their counseling sessions. 
we need to distinguish between general suffering, oppression, and religious persecution. The church isn't persecuted at large in the UK, though in recent years you can lose your job for Christian beliefs. And some might say, well, that's not so bad, but try telling that to the person who's, who's just lost their job and can't provide for the family. Street preaching, too, has become more and more difficult. Restrictions have been put in place. And churches can't put out sermons that could be perceived as offensive to, to anyone. Um, I was told that we couldn't hire a venue for church unless we affirm the LGBT agenda. So overall, we still have much freedom, but you can see the trajectory of where it is heading. Now, some say, well, the persecuted church always flourishes. Well, sure, right? But we don't kick the can down the road. We don't you know, shove it down the river. We stand firm and we keep watch. Now, in terms of general oppression in, in the UK, we lost free speech a while back. Um, now the SNP wants to bring in hate, a hate crime bill for speech in, in your home. Political correctness is the opposite of free speech. And I put it to you that the mask we are being told to wear is symbolic of the time we are living in. I thought Peter Hitchens was going way over the top when he said it, it's a muzzle. And I, I just thought, you know what, it's just a mask. I don't mind putting it on. But I think he's right. It's, it's symbolic. It's a symbolic muzzle, right? And the acceptance of it is symbolic. Because our nation has become very left-wing with all political parties moving left, the conservatives are not actually conservatives. The, the media, academia, big tech, generally they've all transformed to, to the very left-wing kind of anti-free speech. Um, so, of course, the population is indoctrinated with left-wing ideologies. Communism is now mainstream thinking. It really is. Um, and they say, well, you know, communism's never been properly implemented. And that's why other regimes ended in mass poverty, enslavement, millions of deaths. Yeah, sure, that's the reason. Um, <laughs> but, but it's no surprise that we, we now live in, in the UK with a sense of oppression in the air. The amount of times I've been out for a pint or a curry or shopping or wherever. And people have said, shh, shh, don't, not too loud. Don't, don't say, be careful what, what you say, you know. You're, you're reported on social media for saying something about traditional marriage. Like police will turn up at your door if one person reports a com comment on social media that they perceived as offensive under the new laws. You know, the fact that I'm not putting this out on YouTube because it will probably get taken down says everything you need to know. And I'm not being paranoid. Right, they've already flagged two of my other videos citing COVID, even though I've never discussed the science, the politics, or anything about it. But that's what they're doing. So there is, there's a spirit of oppression, and it's demonically influenced. Now, back to the, the present situation. What is happening in the present is oppression of the people. I'm not being sensational. This is oppression of a nation. I believe there is a great deception about this disease. Yes, it's real. Otherwise, we wouldn't have that spike in spring. Yes, uh, it's, it's tragic if it's your loved one who has died. But the death count since June is comparable to normal years. We're, we're about to head into a full national lockdown and deaths are at completely normal levels and hospitals are at normal levels. But if you turn on the BBC News, they will scare you with graphs of positive tests. Dr. Yeadon 
said yesterday. He said that about 30% already had immunity to the virus and another 30% are now immune having been infected. So it's fizzled out. So he says that if the death levels are normal, it must mean that the PCR tests do not work. And the only reason we have a pandemic is because SAGE say so. They are driving fear into the nation unnecessarily. And it's wicked. These measures are simply oppression. These measures, they, they haven't drastically affected my family. Now, other, other than being annoying, um, not being able to meet loved ones and my kids don't understand why we can't go to the play centre or do this or that. Uh, but generally, it hasn't, hasn't affected us a great deal. And, and perhaps, you know, to my shame, that's why it took me so long to switch on to what was going on. But look at the unemployment, bankruptcy, suicide, domestic abuse, child abuse, destruction of small businesses, education severely disrupted, grandparents not able to see the grandkids in the last years of their lives. Some kids can't even see their parents because they live in a different home. Loneliness, depression, they don't show you these graphs. Some people could now be waiting years to see a dentist. There's been a 90% drop in hospital admissions, which may, may have caused thousands of deaths, according to doctors. 25 million GP appointments have been lost during this time. What do we think the impact of that will be in months and years to come? We've gone from zero to almost 110,000 people now having, having waited longer than a year to have an operation. A 66% increase in stillbirths during the first lockdown. Diagnosis for prostate cancer, the most common form of cancer in men, fell by 64%. Bowel cancer, which is the second most lethal cancer in the UK, saw a 39% drop in admissions. Uh, admissions for breast cancer, the most common form of cancer for women, dropped by 30%. Cancer Research UK has said that since March, more than 350,000 people who would normally get an urgent referral to hospital had not been to see doctors. Medical research suggests that delays in diagnosis this year could mean an extra 35,000 deaths. That's more than COVID. I know they say it's at 45,000, but realistically, it's probably not even half that. While patients complaining of non-specific cardiac chest pain, which can be symptomatic of a heart attack, slumped by 41%. Those being diagnosed with a heart attack reduced by 27%. The list goes on and on. The self-inflicted wound is grievous. The, the language used by the government is designed to confuse and hide the reality. The R number right? The R number, a circuit breaker, a fire break, complicated tear systems. It's not straight shooting, I know that. You know, the media are saying things like coronavirus has a bullet to our head. You know, there's a deep, dark winter ahead of us. And then, and then you have people like Piers Morgan who are causing divisions and tension by calling people COVID idiots, you know, whatever. The fear continues. We've got police uh, fining people for not wearing masks in shopping centres. One chief constable said they will peep through curtains to check if people are having family round for Christmas. You know, kids forced to wear masks in school with some schools you know, keeping windows open all the time so the kids are cold. Kids wearing masks 
In some schools around the world, they have to wear masks all day inside and outside and, and keep six feet apart. It is dehumanizing. If someone listened to this five years ago, they said, I've landed in a fictional novel written by Orwell. Fear makes people agree to absurd things. All their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death, is what it says in Hebrews. Now, there has been an assault on the family for decades. The redefining of marriage, identity, extreme feminism. Now they're preventing you mixing and hugging each other. And as Christians, we are to abide by the laws of the land. But above all is Christ Jesus. We are left with a difficult situation. Can government tell a man he is not allowed to earn a living? Can the government tell a single mom she must stop her business and cannot put food on the table for her children? Do they have the authority to tell you that your children cannot visit their grandparents at the last moments of their life? Can they stop you from hugging your loved ones? Can they stop you from singing in church gatherings? The reality is, if everyone turned off their TVs and news apps, no one would ever know anything was different. It would be a case of a GCSE student winning two merits from his teacher for finding a blip in deaths in the spring of 2020. So what is going on? I want to play you this clip from writer and uh, columnist James Dellingpole on uh, Sky News uh, of all channels in Australia, who I think sums it up quite well. I'm surprised he, he got away with it. Really, really depressed, actually. I think I started off this this pandemic thinking it was just people being a bit stupid and it would all pass. But now I realise that this is organised. And I, you you rightly mentioned the Great Reset. Anyone who doesn't realise that the Great Great Reset is the biggest threat to our way of life right now hasn't been paying attention. They take it deadly seriously, the people from the World Economic Forum. And so unfortunately do our political leaders. When you hear the phrase, build back better, and I've, I've heard our prime minister use it. I've, I've heard um, Joe Biden use it. This is a, this is the code phrase for the for the the, the great reset of, of our lives. Their belief is that the old world, the world that you and I and, and I suspect most of your viewers really quite liked, is is broken. It needs to be changed, whether we like it or not. They they're claiming there that we like it. I'm not sure that we do actually. They're talking about things like they don't want us to own property anymore. We're not going to own anything. It will be provided for us. Well, who does own the property? Who's 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 renting it out to us? Some sort of shadowy elite. This is a takeover by the technocrats. And I urge anyone who thinks that this is a kind of conspiracy theory to do a bit of background reading. The Great Reset, the World Economic Forum, combined with UN Agenda 2030, as it's now called, is a complete transformation of, of our societies around the world on lines I would call communist or fascist. I mean, frankly, what's the difference? This is terrifying, much scarier than the, uh, than the, the, the flu, the Wu flu. I was wondering what on earth is going on. And, and I noticed Boris Johnson, Joe Biden, I think the Australian Prime Minister, the World Economic Forum, even, even Manchester Local Enterprise Partnership has the same slogan, build back better. And it struck me, what that's very, very odd, because you never see the same slogan used. In fact, when Biden used a British uh, PM slogan many years ago. Uh, the media, who were more like kind of real journalists then, they, they criticised him for it. They mocked him for it. And as it turns out, everything leads back to one man, Klaus Schwab. He is German, uh, born during the first Holocaust. 
and uh, I'm not going to go into his, all of his history and all of his connections. You should do that. But simply, he founded the World Economic Forum, or the WEF, which came up with the Build Back Better slogan. They have 10 principles, which reads like a communistic version of the Ten Commandments. Schwab has written books on his idea of a fourth industrial revolution and how it will kickstart the Great Reset. Now, with the slogan Build Back Better, Boris Johnson told the world he is now aligning the UK with the Great Reset. Go and pull up his recent speeches. Prince Charles, who knows Schwab, has said the same thing. Matt Hancock introduced Schwab and his fourth industrial revolution to Parliament in October 2017. They are very committed to the Great Reset. Go and investigate. Quite simply, it is full-on communism like never before to control every aspect of our lives. They call it a resetting of capitalism. You know, they say it's actually socialism and capitalism combined, which is which is kind of what we already have in the UK. So, uh, but what they really mean is is the state and the very wealthy exist as capitalists, and the ninety nine percent actually live under hard socialism. It's basically communism, fascism. Um, watch the video from the World Economic Forum. Uh, their video, eight predictions for the world in twenty thirty. They say by twenty thirty, everyone will own nothing but be happy. Own nothing but be happy. Who do you think then owns everything? That is what Boris and Hancock and Charles have handed us over to, or at least have set us on the track of. People say, that's impossible. People won't give up, give up their homes. It, do you know what? It's, it's easy for them to increase council tax, create hyperinflation, raise the base rate, or bring in carbon taxes or land taxes in the name of climate change. And, and then they make it so unaffordable that you, you hand over ownership and you rent it back uh, from the government. And that's not to scare you, but let's just not be so naive. And then you've got people like Tony Blair you know, talking about exit strategies and how we must look at the global architecture of governance once again, he says, and ask whether it's really fit for purpose. It will have a huge impact politically, he says. Why? Why, why would we need a complete change of world governance because of a virus which isn't actually having much effect? Our leaders have openly said they are putting us under Klaus Schwab's communism. Right? Check out the front cover of Time magazine. That's not conspiracy. It's what they are telling us. Now, Boris campaigned with the slogan, get Brexit done. And now it feels like he was saying, yeah, we'll get Brexit done, we'll pull out of Europe, and then we'll put us in the new world order. <laughs> I can't even believe I'm using that phrase. I'm not interested in new world order conspiracies. I'm really not. But if our government is telling us that we're going to be part of the Great Reset, which will form a new world order, well, now you have my attention because you're telling me that's what you're doing. You know, people always say, well, you know, surely if that was the case, someone would say something. What, we mean like Jimmy Savile, like Tiger Woods, like Pedo Island, like Madoff. People don't say something, and when they do, the media doesn't report it. 
But this isn't a hidden conspiracy. This is just out in the open. Boris knows that when he gives a speech about the Great Reset, the media will not report on what he said. And the vast majority of people won't look into what it means. You know, and once I had done so, I began to understand what we are dealing with. Listen to the words of Klaus Schwab. This fourth revolution comes on us like a tsunami. The speed of this revolution is so fast that it makes it difficult or even impossible for the political community to follow up with the necessary regulatory and legislative frameworks. Come to your own conclusion about the origin of disease and how it is being used. But for sure, we're being deceived at great length. Our government is not acting in accord with science or sense. It is as if they are purposely bankrupting our nation. And if so, it fits perfectly with the Great Reset that will come like a tsunami. Simon, uh, Simon Dolan, who is a very wealthy businessman, who is taking the government to court, said this. The green leap forward, some call it the Great Reset, I don't think is malicious by design. Equally, Chairman Mao probably didn't intend on starving 40 million people with his new ideas on agriculture and how to make society better. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. And that's the thing. It's not like world leaders gather and get in a room dressed like devils and plan how to kill everyone in the world. You know, I think, I think Satan works through a select number of individuals like Hitler and with master persuasion. Other leaders are attracted to new humanistic ideas, whether it's money, power, status, whatever, and they build teams that put together campaigns that people get behind, thinking it's the right thing for the people of for the people or for the planet or, or whatever. And then industry sees opportunity to make money while putting out the popular slogans. And then people in the street lap up a David Attenborough documentary. And by the time it gets to the school run, well they're just like, wow, did you did you see how much plastic is in the ocean from our clothes? History repeats itself. There are no excess respiratory deaths. Hospital capacity is normal for the season. Yet Boris Johnson is announcing national lockdown. If he hadn't made his intentions clear about resetting our nation under Schwab's communism, I'd be left to call him insane or brainless. But we know better because he's told us. Climate change is the seductive face of wicked ends, the harlot of humanistic initiatives, if you will. Why on earth is Boris banging on about climate change when the nation is crumbling economically? The Great Reset is being sold on the back of climate change. They will use children like Greta Thunberg to push their own agenda. As with all Marxist governments, if the Green Movement was implemented as fast as they desire, everyone ends in poverty. The Green Movement is humanistic. It's not about stewarding the earth well from a godly mandate. It's based on fear and idolization of his creation. Sin is the issue of our time. Deal with that and God will sort the climate. Fear, fear is a powerful thing. Doctors and nurses don't wear masks when treating flu patients. But people, people are walking down the road in masks, getting kids to wear them. Kids wearing masks. 
It's child abuse, guys. It's child abuse. As well as the discomfort and the lack of oxygen, the need to see facial, facial expressions of each other and adults too, it dehumanizes them. It's a case of how to boil a frog, testing national compliance. They are being abusive. This is abusive. I suspect the effects of social distancing will remain for a very long time. Satan is having a field day. No contact, no gatherings, face muzzles, deception, no singing. God is saying, hey, nation, you walked away from me. Church, you flowed with the culture. You have hardened your heart and I will harden it for you also. You have chosen to dehumanize yourselves and I will help you with that. Oh, how silly you look. Church, you didn't speak out when I required of you. Now I will muzzle you. You were lukewarm. You were complacent. You've adopted false doctrine. You are asleep. I will close your doors until you seek my face. God is examining our response to these circumstances. Now it makes sense why God was asking of me to inquire of him about the Industrial Revolution, Marx and so forth earlier this year. The first Industrial Revolution meant hundreds of thousands across Manchester and Lancashire were living in disease-infested slums. Why would we want another one? Right? Capitalism, as imperfect as it has been, has pulled millions of people out of poverty. Benjamin Disraeli, Jewish and former British Prime Minister, said, what Manchester does today, the world does tomorrow. It seems like we've exported some good and evil things, and those things have gone all the way around the world and are about to bite us back. Now, as a caution, uh, we don't want to get paranoid right, and look into every symbol around us, but equally we're not naive to think that our government is the only one in history to have our best interests at heart. There are secret groups and clubs, and I think the truth is stranger than fiction, but we don't need to get into a whirlwind of conspiracies. And of course, people are plotting ever closer globalization, which is why there was such a spiritual battle over Brexit. But we have to be careful because quite often with global conspiracies, people can start with good and honest observations, but they end up blaming the Jews for everything. And ironically, you know, if we, if we follow biblical prophecies, the opposite is true. Right, that while Jews find themselves in positions of power and wealth, it's actually a testament to the blessing bestowed upon them as the people of God. And, and actually Satan, who is attempting to bring about a new order for the world, a resetting of the world, means that the people of God get attacked. And as Christians, we should be protecting the Jewish people from harm and slander. So um, let's look at the facts from a biblical worldview. We are to weigh things, to think critically. We're not the sheep of the world, we're the sheep of the flock of the good shepherd. Now some people will say, you know, you know what? Just show love, just stick to the gospel. Just stick to the gospel. It's unwise to get involved. Well, tell that to John the Baptist. You know, John, John said to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. <laughs> just preach the gospel, John. Right? We have a responsibility. I cannot believe the general silence of Christian leaders, uh, although I kind of can. Uh, thankfully, though, more, more now are actually calling for churches to remain open, which is great. But many still seem... Uh, sleep to the trajectory of 
the nation. You, you don't have to be a scientist. You only have to understand the difference between big and small numbers. If, if you're a church leader, it's your responsibility to establish the truth about why your congregants are being Im- impacted to uh, the best of your ability. And look, I voted for the Conservatives, right? knowing they're not actually Conservatives, but, but the least Communist. And this has caught me off guard. But if you can't discern the government is committing wicked acts, then Man, there's, there's no prophetic in you. <laughs> you know, there is a great spiritual battle that rages over the UK. You know, the Conservatives are like, hey, communism now. Labour is like, yes, but harder, faster. And the S&P are like, yeah, but enforce it in the home too. And then the others are like, yeah, just, just keep printing the money, guys. You know, only a series of miracles can save our nation from self-destruction. Lord, have mercy upon us. If the people can see it, and some of them can, the church better see it too. Otherwise, who is waking who? Farage has announced that he will launch, uh, relaunch the, bread, the Brexit party as the Reform Party, which is something uh, worth praying about. And there are other parties too that have risen during this time. So what do we do? Well, I think these are things that need to be worked out locally in your gathering. And, um, and leaders also from different churches should be should be discussing it. And if nothing else, learning about the world stage informs our prayer. Pray to expose deceitful plans. Lord, confuse the wicked, confound their words, frustrate their plans. Pray that communism will never take root here. Pray the ruler of this world will not get a grip of our nation. Pray for Boris and the leaders, the royal family. Pray that God will open their eyes. Pray God will unblind the eyes of the NHS workers, the police, the army, the people, the church. Pray for peace and against civil unrest. Pray that we can finish as a sheep nation. Pray God will raise up men in and out of the church to speak truth. Pray that people will find a deep love once more for our nation and speak up while you can. Why not message Boris Johnson to end this great wickedness and separate himself from the father of lies, publicly repenting before the nation? Now, when it comes to eschatological focus, some concentrate only on the West, while others rightly say the Bible focuses on the Middle East, centred around Israel. But sometimes those same people make the mistake of then ignoring the West and the society that surrounds them. And the Bible does focus on the Middle East, but we don't ignore world events that set the stage for the end times. We have to uh, do our best to have a panoramic view. And eschatology is for many in the UK supposedly a distraction. If a disease hits, eschatology is is a distraction. If a great deception engulfs the nations, eschatology is a distraction. If if the ground began shaking and their own church building collapsed from celestial wonders, they would repeat eschatology is a distraction. It's it's climate change. Look, we're told that angels longed to look. The angels longed to look into the the redemptive plans of God. We should have that same eagerness, watching, prepared. We're told that great deceptions will take place. This shouldn't surprise us. But even when people are shown the truth, even when they've been shown they've been catfished, they still don't believe. Because as Mark Twain said, it's easier to fool people than to convince them they have been fooled. Now, I enjoy my life. I'm very happy with it, you know. But the reality is we're told that it will get worse before the end, necessarily for the bride to be purified. 
Now is not the time for lukewarmness. You will get very cold. Heat up now or melt when the light comes. And I know many are holding on for things to get better. It can't penetrate our worldview or our preterist framework. Our nation has become so left-wing, so extreme left-wing, and Christians have flowed with it. Guys, if there isn't a drastic change to government, the new normal could end up being that long, dark winter that the prophets of the media declare until the Lord returns. But I have faith in our nation to finish well. I really do. But it will be a very turbulent ride. Our hope is great. The good news is that Jesus is on the throne in heaven. He will return to establish his Davidic throne as he's promised. God is currently judging our nation through diseases and government. Ultimately, it is so that we turn to him. The next decade could be the most exciting time for the UK church. I think evangelism will be most fruitful. Whatever you think the disturbance is, God is priming hearts ready to receive the gospel. Glossy Christian celebrity will be knocked off its perch and the church will awake if these are the final years. Fear not. If there's one thing to take away, fear not. Do not fear the virus. Do not fear man's plans. There's going to be a great reset, but it will be inaugurated by Jesus Messiah.